What's up, everybody? It's been a minute, but welcome to the 49ers Draft Day podcast. So before we get going here with Jake Hutchinson, I want to tell you all about what it is we're planning to do in the next couple of weeks and months. Uh, We had a great time. I'm not so sure about that, but we had a time uh, covering the 49ers this regular season. Uh, But what Jake and I are, are both extremely passionate about is the NFL draft. And with the 49ers getting the number 12 pick overall, there is just a bevy of possibilities for this team. And we want to make sure that we cover every single one of them. And uh, today, we're going to take a look at our very first quarterback subject. He played in the national championship game last night. It is not Mac Jones. It is Justin Fields. And uh, Jake, first and foremost, what were your impressions of Fields in last night's game? Well, let me just mention Mac Jones looks like Connor O'Malley's normal torso with the way he wears uh, shoulder pads. Yes. Um, but we're not talking about Mac Jones. We're talking about Justin Fields. Um, I, I, I didn't think, you know, much of what happened was, was on him. Um, it, it was really just Alabama. You know, it, it's one of those things where it would have been interesting if Ohio State came out with like a remotely – you know, logical defensive game plan instead of just running, you know, like cover three the entire time and, and never changing and like literally never covering Devonte Smith man to man. So, you know, we, we really like, they probably couldn't have covered a man to man either. Um, but like, at least they would have had a chance instead of just giving him free space and getting shocked every time they used orbit motion uh, or yeah. literally put anyone in motion. It was like, they'd never seen that before. That was just shockingly poor. Um, but from Justin Fields, like, you know, I, I, I don't know if we learned all that much. I don't, I don't know if we learned really anything from, uh, from the national championship game. Like, you know, he, he made quite a few good throws and, and he does the thing where, where sometimes he holds on to the ball too long. Um, right. I, I, I don't feel like that, that game was really a revelation, good or bad for him. Well, I think that's probably a positive. I always right. like to look at the games that, quarterbacks have against high-level competition. And it's hard to have a game better than what Fields did against Clemson. Uh, At the same time, I am not the biggest fan of Clemson's defense. Uh, I understand that Brent Venables gets a lot of credit around the college football circle because he's the, the smartest guy in the slow class, honestly, when it comes to defensive coordinators. And we saw that with uh, Kerry Coombs, the the Ohio state defensive coordinator yesterday. Um, I, I was, Certainly impressed by Fields in the semifinal game. It's impossible not to be. Uh, at, at the same time, Alabama was a much stiffer test. That should go without saying, but sometimes it needs to be restated. And he wasn't as good. Uh, that that's that's evident. Uh, he was also dealing with a bit of a hip pointer. Apparently, I thought that that really came through on those you know deep throws to the boundary. More deep like throws a to the side. Wave. I know they called it a hip pointer, but like it looked whatever it is, it wasn't good. Right. That said, he, this is a guy who makes plays with his feet in uh, very impressive ways. He juked a couple of Alabama safeties, defensive backs. I think he even got a linebacker uh, on run plays. He's a guy who can really make big chunk plays. Um, he is a guy who has an elite deep ball. I mean, it is a very pretty deep ball. And I think that ultimately, I, you and I have both been extremely high on fields throughout this year as it's been more and more apparent to us 
Um, and we'll get into every position o- over the next couple of weeks. And we're going to do these on, on um, you know, try to get these out on, on Wednesdays and on Saturdays or on Fridays. We'll figure that part out. The second part, not not important, but we'll try to get this out. You know, if you're listening to this, it came out Wednesday morning, very early Wednesday morning. But um, we'll get to every position. And we won't break them down with as individual of detail. We won't be going over, you know, third rounders <laughs> with a fine tooth comb, but we'll go over, you know, defensive backs, running backs, tight ends, wide receivers, all that. Every position is going to get touched on. But quarterback is so important because we've been talking about quarterback all year as it pertains to the 49ers. It's been evident that the 49ers could at least entertain the possibility of drafting quarterback high. And the, the two things that stand out to me and reasons that I think you and I have both been extremely high on fields as the most um, as the best realistic option as the 49ers aren't getting Trevor Lawrence and Lawrence will be part of our overall quarterback wrap up here once we go through the other two quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, that we he's going one, out. so we're just we're leaving yeah. for later. But um, the reason that we both like him is he can make plays with his feet and in a very impressive way, but he really does throw uh, an exceptionally pretty deep ball. And when you think about the 49ers offense and what Kyle Shanahan wants to do, it is lacking the mobility on the ground. It doesn't have that ability to make a play with the feet with any of the three quarterbacks that they've used, any quarterback that they've used uh, heretofore in the Kyle Shanahan offense. And so that would be a, a, an extra level uh, of dynamicism, uh, if that's a word that 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 has been lacking. Dynamism, uh, dynamicism, it's all the same. Dynamism, whatever. Uh, and then on the flip side of it, I mean, what is – what is the core tenant of the the Shanahan system? It's play action, deep passes. It, it's deep play action. And Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't push the ball down the field. Neither did Nick Mullins. But in theory, only in theory, he was a guy who could be able to see the you know field better. And you know, CJ Beathard can can push the ball down the field. He actually throws a really nice deep ball. He just can't do anything else. Fields is the kind of guy who it almost looks tailor made. But you, you seem to have. And not to put you on a spot, because I know you love them just as much as I do. But um, you, you found a couple of things that, that could give 49ers coaches in particular pause uh, if he is available and would it definitely preclude them from maybe you know giving up multiple draft picks to trade up. Right. So, you know, I'm looking at this not like, you know, how we're evaluating him. Obviously, we're evaluating him. But totally. I'm Everything look- is within the scope of the 49ers and a Kyle Shanahan right. offense or a, a 49ers defense and whomever is coordinating that down the line. So Kyle spent his two years, he put his two years in like, all right, these are our rebuilding years. And then he got saddled with the third one. So three and four years, you know, I don't know if he's going to be willing to, you know, if a guy's not ready like day one, just bail on Garoppolo. So that's kind of where I'm coming from with this. And with Fields, I see a lot of stuff that can be corrected, but I don't know if it's going to be ready day one. So what are you talking about? What do you got? So specifically what I'm talking about is everything is a lot of this is is Ohio State's offense, but a lot of it is also specific to Fields. He's extraordinarily deliberate. So everything he does in terms of his drop back, his movement scanning, it's all very, you know, prepared and quite honestly slow. It looks a little bit robotic. Right. And and so and I wanted to make sure this this was fields and not just, you know, okay. like me yeah. overlooking it. And so I, you know, I went back, I looked right. at like Zach Wilson, I looked at um even even Trey Lance, I looked at like Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes in their years. They right. were far more de- like 
I guess, far less deliberate. The point is right. a little they, more fluid, right? A little more in, in their dynamic. dropbacks, in in when they release the ball, it's take a few steps and then throw. And, and Ohio State's offense was was designed in a way where a lot of it's really slow developing. He mm-hmm. had a lot of time in the pocket, so some mm-hmm. of that's not on him. But a lot of the time, he'd like lock in on a read, cough cough, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, and and just right. take more time uh, than he really needed to. And and the other thing that that concerns me is. On some of the shorter shorter patterns, that's where he has the most problems. He right. he has a, this thing where it's kind of like if you've ever played second base. Mm-hmm. There's a, it's a weird it's a weird distance, right? So you don't know if you're going to like sidearm the ball or not, mm, or throw it yeah. over top depending on the distance. Field seems to get into a space where sometimes on those shorter stuff, he he tries to like float it. It gets a little fluttery. Or he does the Garoppolo thing, but like times 10, where he basically whips the ball from five yards away and makes throws way harder than they have to be underneath. Now, I think all that stuff's correctable. Uh, And I think it's something where you get comfortable with an offense. Like he's not, it's not like he's going to be unable to get the ball out quickly. But day one, I don't know if you've seen on tape enough, if you're Kyle Shanahan, to believe that he's going to be a guy that can, you know, the one thing Jimmy's really great at, getting the ball out quickly. Three-step drop, oh, yeah. throw it on time, five, like yeah. five, ten yards down the field. He can do that really well. If you're Kyle, like, I'm not saying the 49ers won't make a move for a rookie quarterback. I think, obviously, they they need to do something at that position. Um, right. But if, if you're Kyle, like, I don't know if you've seen enough from Justin Fields to really feel confident um, that he's going to be able to get those, you know, just those basic like underneath throws, like really easy one two step throw passes down, and 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 you, we will talk more about why I think there that can be evened out and how the offense can develop. But I, I want to hear your side. Well, there there were a couple of things that I noted in last night's game that go along that because last night was a very clear example of what you're talking about as it pertains to um, him overthrowing guys on, on the short to intermediate stuff. I think he sees the field exceptionally well. I, I know that might sound counterintuitive. I'm with you. So I'm with you. I think people I think, get this confused, but I'm with you. For. I think he knows what he's looking for. He just doesn't feel the pr- he doesn't feel the pressure, and that is a byproduct. And, and this is um, this is going to be a debate because there is no empirical right answer, and it's what makes it so challenging when it comes to the 49ers is you don't know. There's always going to be an element of luck. There's always going to be a crapshoot to this. Zach Wilson makes plays. He go, he's out of the pocket. He's 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 just, he's crazy. It's like what the hell? No one would ever coach it up that way. But he makes plays. So if you put that inside of a good system and we're going to talk about Zach Wilson in a different episode, you put that inside of a system, what does that look like? If Justin Fields isn't behind an offensive line that is able to absolutely dominate on every single snap, even getting really good protection against Alabama of all teams. What does that look like where now he's being pushed around a little bit that he doesn't have time? He's got a dude up in his face. No one knows. No one knows. And so I, I do like the fact that he sees the field well, that it's not as if he's you know locking on to somebody because he can't handle the full scope 
of what's in front of him. He can. He's just too deliberate. The other thing that I noticed in last night's game, and this goes to what you're saying, a lot of throws off the back foot. And um, perhaps that's because Alabama was getting home every now and again. They did make life more difficult on him than anyone else had up until this point in the season. I guess Northwestern actually had a pretty good game against him, too, ironically enough. Those are two teams we don't talk about in the same breath all that often, Northwestern and Alabama. But there were a lot of throws to the sideline, uh, and in particular to you know the boundary, where it was like, man, uh, uh, that's getting picked in the pros. There's just no two ways about it. Um, I'm concerned watching that game, not that he won't be able to correctly diagnose the defense that he's going up against, but that he might not accurately or he might not uh, appropriately be able to catch up to the speed of NFL level defenses and that he you know, has such physical abilities that he can get himself into trouble. And I think that you can levy that same thing against Wilson, honestly, when we talk about him. But it's from a very different perspective. One of them's a, a, a one of them's a swashbuckler, and the other one is a little bit too much of a computer, a little bit too robotic. And uh, ironically, that's the 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 not white guy. But right. um, it's, he's uh, uh, <laughs> I, I yeah. think he's just like a perfectionist. And so I think what people get confused about in terms of like you know saying like he's a one read quarterback or like he can't read the field, he can read the field, but it, it tends to field. be like. It's a lot of stuff where they give him like triangle reads. You know, he's got three yeah. reads going in the right direction, which, by the way, 49ers do a lot of similar stuff, you know, with Jimmy. Right. And, this, and let's not act like Jimmy's. Seamless. Right. Right. This could be absolutely seamless, but it could also be, you know, dramatically off. I mean, in that, again, this is where the, the crapshoot of all of this comes into play. Fields, I think. Everything I've uh, everyone I've talked to about fields and, you know, obviously we've been talking to people throughout the year about quarterbacks. So we've gotten some intel, nothing serious or anything. I can't speak for you. I'm sorry. Nothing serious on my end. Um, but everyone I've talked to about fields says that he's absolutely got a pros mindset. He, he is. He knows exactly what he's doing. He can run an offensive meeting that he fits the offensive coordinator standard that Kyle Shanahan wants. And frankly, that he's only gotten with Mullins up until this point. I, mean, I guess uh, a Hoyer way back in the day. Um, so there, there's a very big positive there. But. You know, you don't want. I guess Kyle does. You don't want a Kirk Cousins type, a guy who, if it all breaks down, he can't do much for you. And so that's where the athletic ability comes into play. But again, you know, the back foot throws, you just can't do that. Jimmy does that crap, and it, it it's problematic. And that's how you get picked off with your eyes closed in the Super Bowl. The throws over the middle that will just end up in a stronger free safety's hands. Th- those can't happen. And so a lot of the same problems that Jimmy has. You know, this this rookie coming in has. And while I think the ceiling is incredibly high, I know what Jimmy is. While the ceiling is incredibly higher for Fields, he could also have the same problems. I guess the only bonus would be that he can run around a little bit, but then you're still throwing in a 21 year old into an NFL offense and telling him, hey, by the way, you know, win us the division and take us to the Super Bowl. That's it's a big it's a big ask given what we've seen from from the film. I, I don't think there's anything close to a sure thing, but Fields, and the more you watch him, the more reasons you can find that he's not a sure thing. Because on first glance, I mean, it's a no-brainer. This guy is just uber-talented. Right. And 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 so, you know, I'm on the same page with that. When, When we're talking about, like, looking down the field, like, he can really progress through stuff. But the other side of that is that, you know, when it's not there... 
like or he'll lock into some things and then like not realize indicators where hey maybe I should go to my second read and and the other concerning thing is he'll do this thing where he'll he'll decide right away I'm going to this guy and then he won't actually check his second read and it's something he does pre-snap it's and it's not like he can't read the field that's the thing it's like he decides he in his mind right. He right. saw he saw the defense. He goes, I should have this. And that's going to be big problems if he tries to pull that shit against NFL defenses, because who's better at disguising coverages than NFL defensive coordinators? Exactly. And he'll get very jumpy in the pocket where, you know, it starts collapsing. And, he, and, and it's understandable because he's expecting pressure to get there and then it doesn't. So I, I don't I don't really want to knock him too much for that. But the other thing is, you know, there is there's one play, I, I think, looking back. What was it? Uh Nebraska game basically Mm, um, where at the start of that um, there's basically he decides to run and instead of doing like you know the Aaron Rodgers thing where you run you get to the boundary and you're looking up the entire time to throw right because you get out of the pocket and that's where you're most dangerous he predetermines that he's going to run and he almost gets a touchdown out of it Mm -hmm. but he had a wide open receiver in the end zone and so sometimes he will just predetermine that hey I'm running um, instead of like keeping his head up so with him it's really all it's like he he overthinks it's like it really to me it's totally. it's an overthinking thing and and i i wonder if that's like a positive thing cuz there's obviously huge positives like in terms of leadership like everything you hear about him is is fantastic oh, he's the real deal if it clicks for him he's mvp candidate i mean he's the guy you want leading your team i think he checks every box but it doesn't pardon the pun here it doesn't feel like he has a good feel for the game. And that's, I, I don't know how valuable that is. I know Kyle Shanahan is going to love breaking down film with this guy that he will, you know, that uh, 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 of any of the possibilities that we've been able to go through that are at least first round talents. So first round physical talents, uh, guys with the arm strength of a fields, with the mobility of a fields, whatever, like these guys who have this first ground, first round ability, I think fields is going to stand out in his ability to break down the game analytically. And that his Kyle stock is hit. not going to drop throughout any of this process. Oh. I can guarantee you that through the that it's there is, you're not going to hear any negatives about his character. It, it's only going to be positive. And, and so then you, you take into account sort of the, the roteness of his game. And I'm glad that you brought up sort of the predetermination of running as much as I say, he has this incredible ability to run. It's, again, not a feel thing. Uh, say what you will about Russell Wilson, but that dude can feel a pocket. That guy knows when it's his turn to get the fuck out of there. Like, he he know, he can feel the game. Tom Brady, nobody has better feel in right. the entire National Football League than Tom Brady. Tom Brady can't run, and he can barely fucking throw. But, damn it, he knows when it's his time to get rid of the goddamn ball, whether that's going to a guy underneath, going deep, whatever. He feels it. He sees it. He can handle it. He's a great football player. And right, I, I, Fields might have that. Right. Part of me wonders if it's, it's, it's really tough to evaluate because he has so much time. Because he's so used to not getting pressured and he's like expecting it to get there and then it doesn't. And then so the timing is weird. It's like he's almost expecting NFL timing, but there there's none of that. Um, and, and so he gets jittery because it's like he, he the timing is, is so weird. But at the same time, like, you know, some guys just know when when to get out and they stand in there and they wait and he moves his feet way too much before totally. anything's on him. 
his lower body is all out of whack. And that is, again, something that the 49ers might think we can fix that weekend. He does have really good mechanics when he sets his feet. Like when he sets his feet. Yeah, but he he also throws off his back foot. Yeah, no, he, I mean, listen, there are times when you go, how could there be anybody better? Right. Really? And and the Clemson game was basically 60 straight minutes of that, where you're just like, what, what the fuck are we talking about? This guy's unbelievable. And then there are times, like we saw a couple times, it, and in the Alabama game, let, let's let's give the guy props for the good things that he did, because we are kind of shitting on him, but we have to we have to nitpick when you're and dealing with guy, somebody. Again, this is a guy we really like. <laughs> Oh, we love them. We're we're really big fans, and honestly, we're gonna we would if we were going to seriously evaluate Trevor Lawrence, um, even though he has no chance of getting to the 49ers at twelve, and the 49ers have no chance of trading up. If we were to do it, I would find these same flaws or similar flaws or whatever with Trevor Lawrence. There, there's no perfect quarterback. Even Andrew Luck had a negative file on him. So, and he's considered what the, the best quarterback prospect of the last fifteen years. So. It's it's one of these things where again we are very big fans and if it goes oh my god does it go it, it, it's a total game changer because I don't I I'm having a hard time remembering a a quarterback with this kind of physical talent and ability I, I really am and uh, maybe Kyler Murray wasn't wasn't this big imagine if Kyler Murray had four more inches and carrying an extra 30 something pounds. I mean, that's the kind of, you know, skill set this guy has. And, um, so I, I, I just, I guess my question for you, Jake, is this, when you start breaking it down and, and we can get really into the minutia of the Ohio state offense and just how they run mesh every single damn play. But be, sorry, before I ask the question, I, I do want to give him props on the thing that we like. And in particular, you know, the best case scenario for the 49ers, for anybody who gets fields, I think was shown in that Alabama game where they had the pass up the seam to the tight end. It was a really nice one-handed catch. What was the name of the tight end again? Uh, Rucker. 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 Who, who I like Ooh. a lot, actually. Yeah, he's a dude. He gets a great pass right over my old friend John Battle's head, and uh, and it was a big first down, and it kept Ohio State in the game early back when you know there was the, the conceptual idea that Hey, maybe Ohio State could you know cover in this game. Laughable as it might sound, now unbelievable throw, and the way that I, I, he deserves kudos not just because it was a perfect throw, absolutely perfect, could not have imagined a better throw in that circumstance, but because he did read the field, he read the entire field. It was three progressions. You could see it on the all twenty-two. You could see it from the high end zone cam. He was looking off of the left side. He waited to see if something happened there. He looked to the right. You basically have two verticals, you know, kind of separating apart. He has to read the safety, whichever way the safety's hips went. He threw it the opposite way, and he put an absolutely perfect ball over the head, zipped it, bullet past the ear of an Alabama safety who's staring into the end zone while his tight end made a great catch. And I just go, I can see that exact play. I can see George Kittle on the receiving end of that. That is... Without a doubt, we're talking about first round talent. That is an NFL style throw. And he made it was a great catch, but it was the kind of throw that he makes look routine when he's on. And again, the Clemson game is just a 60 minute testament to him just being on one. And um, he's tough. He, He has incredible character. He's smart as a whip. And. I'm not I'm personally not betting on him not overcoming these nitpicky details 
that we're coming up with and are extremely fair and will be brought up to him over the next couple of weeks. I, I, I'm not betting on him not succeeding. Right. That, that's where I stand. And so if I had the number two overall pick, I would take him. So my question to you is this. Uh, do you think do you think that there's any chance whatsoever that he get to the 49ers at 12? No. No. Do you think that he's a player worthy of trading up to go get? I think it's a it's a thing where the 49ers I feel like are going to hold until like pick 5. And that's based on nothing. Like okay. I feel like they're going to Don't go into the top 5. No, not worth the not, juice is not worth the squeeze. Right, because I, I think I think for them it's like none of these guys are sure things. Um, totally, and so again, this is just like guessing, right? We we're all know. guessing here. We're all um, guessing here. We're but, trying. We're trying to talk about um, the most extremely fluid event in all of sports, which is the NFL draft, in a manner as if it is static. Because you know, I and, think and, if they and, take yeah. any of these guys, I, I like I don't think they're cutting Garoppolo. I know that sounds insane or trading him unless like That's right. you, unless you and like, I did not have this conversation, but I came to that same conclusion earlier today that none of these guys from what I've been able to watch and, and I thought fields might be the one. None of these guys are ready to go day one. And if right. they are, it's because they kick Garoppolo's ass in training camp and in the preseason. I was trying to like figure out the math if it worked to like you know, trade for Stafford and and then bring you know like yeah, Trey that's Lance in. That's uh, probably not happening. No, it's not happening. So to me, it's like you bring one of these guys in and you stick him behind Garoppolo. The only way that works is the cap math, and and it has to kind of stick to where it's at, which might happen. Um, we'll find out, right? So I'm with you on Fields. I think he. You know, as long as he doesn't get into like a Sam Darnold Jets situation, which, you know, he might go to the Jets, but it's not Adam Gase. It's uh, different. Yeah. I, I, I know everyone likes to, to shit on the Jets and like I'm right there with you. I'm a Jets fan technically, and I've seen how incompetent they are. It's actually not as bad as it's been made out to be. Uh, well, they, they have a good are, GM. They are. Yes, they have a very good GM and they're, and they're making, you know, a lot of progress. There's reason to believe that he could succeed. Uh, in New York, but now, I'll say this: What happens when Woody Johnson does come back from his uh, seditious acts? Oh, that is a good point. Because uh, right now, right now, it's the kiddo, right? It, it's, it's his uh, brother. It's his brother. Uh, it's, it's I the believe. other Johnson. Yes, uh, of Johnson and Johnson. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he's been doing a better job <laughs> than, than than old than old Woody. Uh, would he stop the steal? And uh, yeah, so I'm curious as to what happens when he comes back. Now he will have to probably deal with, you know, the trial. But other than that. Right. The one the one thing I, I think is, you know, you look at all this. The one presumption we're kind of basing this off of is like that it's the same offense. If you get right. one of these guys, it's not going to be the same offense. So you have to play to their skill set. But that's that's a big issue, Jake. I mean, like we've talked about this a million times, but it needs to be brought up again. Kyle doesn't change for anybody. I mean, he he'll he'll mix it in every now and again. The best we've seen from Jimmy were the five games where Kyle basically went to the Mitch Trubisky late season Bears playbook and just said like, "Okay, I guess I don't trust you to do anything, so we're going to run nine plays and only nine plays." And they didn't get burned in those five games mainly because half the teams weren't trying. And two, um, you know, the game against New Orleans where they were down, what, 
17 points. And so it was basically like, well, we have to go four wide. We have to get rid of the run game. And Jimmy was able to do single reads against man to man, you know, or, you know, very obvious zone coverages. And he was able to go back to Dino Babers air rate. Like anyone who sees the, you know, Garoppolo be successful in those systems says, oh, we need to do more of that. We need to get more three wide receiver sets. We need to do stuff where, you know, we give them a chance, more 11 personnel, all that thing. And, and Kyle is just been harsh on his guns, man. He will, he will break Jimmy Garoppolo into his system or he will die trying. He believes the system is bigger than any one player. So I have a hard, and we learned that with Robert Griffin III. So I have a very hard time believing what you're saying, which is 100% true. I think any other coach is accurate. I'm not totally sure that's accurate with Kyle Shanahan. I think we have to view it as if the offense is, in fact, the static operation. To me, to me, it's... I, I think he can see the evolution of the position. I feel like this offseason, seeing, you know, just everything that went wrong, uh, right. watching the quarterbacks that are succeeding in the AFC, even the ones in the NFC. Um, Man, I hope you're right. I, I think... Kyle is going to take some time and maybe have a come to Jesus moment. I'm not I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm saying this is a good opportunity for him to like really look at look at what they have uh and assess, you know, what's what's our ceiling with this team. And and obviously this team is going to be competitive with Garoppolo at quarterback. We know that. Um Yeah, no. Well, we'll see. We'll see how good the defense is. Right. Now, obviously, it will be more competitive than last year because they didn't have competent quarterback play. And Jimmy Garoppolo, at his worst, can at least be, you know, marginally competent. He right. Can, he, he's, he is an NFL caliber starter. Right. Which is probably in the bottom half of those, <laughs> those, those names. But like, so to me, the offense isn't going to just, you know, they're not going to start running solely read options and just like, you know, throwing, you know, tunnel screens every two, like, that's not going to happen just because, you know, they, they, they draft Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, blah, blah, blah. It's that the, he incorporates new parts of the offense. He, he simplifies it. He does add some read options. Like, he adds some plays where, you know, like, there's so, there's so many times where, you know, J- Jimmy, you just can't, like, you can't run. Like, when you, when you don't have a quarterback who can run, like that, you know, that that's why it's so tough for them, especially in in like red zone situations. Like Yeah. The the play where like Josh Allen basically runs just a naked bootleg and runs for it, like that becomes like a really viable play. Um yes. where it's almost like it's just like if there's someone open, you throw it. If there's not, you throw like you run for it. Um, or you throw it away. You have three options. And, so and probably the core all of them this offense good. to me would would not change. It's a matter of him. Like I think he would like. They're not going to draft any of these guys and and just try and make them like completely stick to the system rigidly. I like. I I think there might be be some of that, but I think Kyle is smart enough to like recognize where guys have talent and draw something up that's outside of his norm. Now he's stubborn, yeah. so. Stubborn. That's that's the we thing. don't. Know. Kyle's obviously smart. The problem is that he's stubborn. And listen, man, the system is really good. <laughs> it's exceptionally good. And if you need any evidence of that, look at how far the Rams have gotten. Look at what the uh, look at what the Browns did. Look last at the Packers. Week. Look at that's what our guy Ted wrote about. It's like when you put a really good quarterback in this system, it becomes really, really, really easy. And so as they much. Jimmy Garoppolo is their 
quarterback. That should tell you everything you need to know. And so it's like, it's just like a really tough equation. Cause on one part, one, one side of me, I'm like thinking, you know, Kyle is just going to be stubborn and, and not necessarily be wrong to run it back with Jimmy and, and draft an edge rusher at the 12th pick. And Hey, maybe that works out. Um, but like as a long-term play, it's not very smart. Um, yeah. And I just think yeah. this team needs needs to really look into the future with the quarterback position. This is as good a chance. They will not have a, a draft pick this high again. Right. So the question is, yeah, what do you maximize that opportunity? Uh, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. And it's and, it's really difficult yeah. not knowing the cap, not knowing who these new coaches are, not knowing who these new GMs are. So so all we're at right it's now, only a, it's only a difficulty for us, my friend. Right. So <laughs> they'll, so they'll figure it out soon when they need to know. They'll know. Right. So at this point, that's why it's like we're just going, you know, player by player, position by position, looking at, you know, what we actually see from these guys and how they fit into this team and, you know, whether Kyle can sort of be more flexible than, he, than he's shown he's traditionally willing to be. I don't think that we're asking for, for too much. We, we're understanding coming into this that, hey, you're, you're going to be running the wide zone play action system, that you're going to be asked to do the Baker Mayfield thing. I think that's probably the best representation of what the 49ers offense is right now, Kevin Stefanski's offense in Cleveland right now. Um, I, I wouldn't say that Green Bay is just because it's very difficult to conceptualize um, anybody else being Aaron Rodgers, but right. anyone can kind of be Baker Mayfield. <laughs> to, uh, no, yeah, I'll shit on him. Like, Baker Mayfield's not special. and I um, disagree, uh, but... <laughs> I, I you think Baker special? I do, but I think he's uh he can also be like the other special uh way too yeah. often. Like yeah. I think he's Fair. special. Like he's got a like when he's on, he, man is on. Um but when he's not on, whoo, no thank you. The kicker on all of this is that the 49ers would have to be it's a very difficult structure of the offseason, right? Free agency comes first. And so we'll kind of know if the 49ers are going to take a quarterback or not based on how they handle free agency. Um, If they don't do anything with Garoppolo's contract, obviously that tells you something. If they go out and um, spend a bunch of money, I think that that tells you something too. That, hey, you know, Jimmy might be around for now, but he ain't going to be around for long. And that we're going to have to make some cuts aggressive ones before the season and the easiest guy to cut is is jimmy garoppolo because we're way over the cap baby and uh hey we'll figure out the quarterback position with the draft where the guy's only going to count for you know five six seven million dollars i think it's only like four something in the first year oh oh bad year to come in by the way uh because you're all it is a percentage issue and uh first year is is rough going compared to what what could have happened especially if it goes down oh boy that's that's a tough break for you but um I'm I'm in on Fields. I would give him uh, a very clear stamp of approval. There are uh, clear downsides to what it is he brings to the table. I, I, I weren't, we've just talked about it. Uh, there's there's no tiptoeing around some of the issues. That Kyle's he also pres- been, we didn't even mention this. Kyle's been with him before. Like he's actually physically oh, right. coached him in person at the QB Collective. I can't believe I didn't mention that. So he he's been around that. Fields. Like he. Like he, he knows, knows he knows him. He, he's seen his personality, um, and so 
you know, Kyle, Kyle probably are, already has a very firm opinion on, on Fields. One would hope. One would hope. I mean, I, I, there have been situations where it's like, yeah, no, I coached him. I don't remember anything about it because I wasn't paying that much attention. <laughs> right. Um, I doubt Kyle that's Shanahan. All, that's is also that. a possibility. I doubt um, Kyle Shanahan is that guy. But, you know, perhaps it's the case. I wouldn't expect him to have a massive scouting report on him right off the bat. But um, listen, man, this guy has absolute all pro potential in a way that straight up is uh, how about this the, the probabilities are much higher than the other two quarterbacks that we're going to be talking about uh, over the next week um i i, I have a hard just on the preliminary watchings uh, of trey lance and zach wilson um i think fields has a much better chance of doing it i don't buy into the ohio state can't produce a quarterback thing because Every t- every program can't produce a quarterback in- until they actually do. Also, like Ohio State's never had a real, like, don't ask, like, act like anyone really thought Dwayne Haskins was going to be a great NFL quarterback. That was a weird pick at the time, and everyone thought it was a weird pick at the time. Super weird pick, no doubt about it. They got it right with their next Ohio State guy, but he doesn't play quarterback. Um, ultimately, you know, yes or no, do you see the 49ers being enamored with uh, Justin Fields enough to, to make it happen? Uh, I, I actually lean towards yes. Um, wow. Okay, cool. Um, drafting up. It, but like this is this is assuming that a little bit of weirdness goes on early. Um, no doubt. This is assuming. And that, he, and that he doesn't go to. Right. Is what you're saying. Right. I don't think they trade up to two for Fields. Um, this is assuming like Jets trade back, uh, somebody goes up for Wilson. Um, there's Sewell, like two receivers come off the board. Maybe somebody like really loves Sertain. Um, there, I think some weirdness goes on. Field gets to like five or six. Maybe they, they pull the trigger. Um, so let me give you the order right now, just in case you're you're not completely abreast to it out there. Jacksonville is going to go number one, and it feels all but certain that they will take Trevor Lawrence with that pick, whether it's Urban Meyer or not. Um, right. You know, even 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 former Ohio State coach and man who well I, did he recruit him? I don't think so. I think that uh, Justin Fields transferred after Urban had left, but that's uh, neither here nor there. Um, He's going to take the best quarterback on the board. I, I think that that is, without a doubt, uh, Trevor Lawrence. And I don't expect anybody to trade that pick because, again, uh, he's being touted as a generational kind of talent. We'll see. But that's Jacksonville at one. The Jets are at two, as aforementioned. Number three is the Dolphins, who have Houston's pick. Great move there, Texans. You're really killing it right now. Um The Dolphins could be very much in the marketplace for a quarterback, but that goes 50-50. I I know that they've given... I lean um, towards them them trying to get one of those Alabama guys around to I would imagine. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, uh, <laughs> at the same time, you know, you, you say, well, they, you know, they, they believe in Tua and they're ready for Tua. You know, they said the same thing about Josh Rosen in Arizona. So, uh, you know, you, you, until the pick is made, who the hell right. knows? Atlanta is number four. Um, I don't think that they're in the marketplace for quarterback. Everybody uh, seems more likely, like more into that than I think is actually realistic. Well, it's, but it, they're never going to have another pick in the top. They shouldn't have another pick in the top five again. Right. And so they might pull the trigger at, at that juncture. 
I mean, it, perhaps. Um, so I, I wouldn't rule them out in that regard. And it does feel as if the organization needs a, a spark. And so getting a, a quarterback like Fields, bringing him back to Georgia, that could really be that could really be a play. Cincinnati, I think, would be wary of doing it. I would actually say that Cincinnati is a very good option to trade up earlier yep. into the draft. It's Sewell. Um but we'll see. Cincinnati's also an organization that employs two scouts. So who the hell knows if they've even heard of Panay Sewell. Uh, Philadelphia's at six. They can't get off of Wentz's contract. I don't think they're going to draft another quarterback on top of Hertz. So six uh, feels safe. Uh, they, seven is Six is like the Eagles. Like I can't think of a scenario where they trade that pick. They feel like a team that like will always take that pick. Like I don't know why, but my gut feeling is they don't move there. Well, they're a team that is inherently predicated on value, right? Uh, and the one year they didn't do that, which is the year that they went and got Wentz, I kind of bit them in the ass. So uh, they're a team that's always going to take the best available player. And so why would you lower your ability? <laughs> why would you pick a worse player, essentially? So I'm with you 100% on, on number six. Seven is Detroit. We don't know what will happen with Matt Stafford. Obviously, that is a, a very critical information to us. I feel here like the they're going Africa. to draft like a defensive player every year. We'll see. I mean, if Robert Sala is in charge, he wouldn't be opposed to that. Carolina is at eight. They're a very real quarterback situation. They have Teddy Covers um, at the helm, but no one thinks of Teddy Covers as a long-term option, so there's a possibility there. Denver's at nine. They're going to get a new GM. It's probably not going to be Adam Peters, the 49ers you know, executive VP or Which whatever the hell is weird, but... Super weird, but you know what? John Elway works in mysterious ways, usually stupid. And uh, I would venture to say that a new GM is probably not great news for my boy Drew Locke out of Missouri, who's just not that good anyway. Uh, Dallas at 10 is a complete wild card as per usual. We'll have to see what happens with the Dak thing. Um, Which, but they could be a, like if, if Dak leaves and the 49ers are very much yeah. in play for that. So. Well, at the same time, then you're also dealing with the DAC injury in and of itself. And oh man, do we, you know, what are you getting back? I mean, what are you, are you getting post, you know, leg injury Derek Carr, who hasn't been very good up until maybe this year and will never really win you a game? Or are you getting the DAC Prescott that Dallas had for the last couple of years, which would be an absolute boon in the 49er system? You don't know. He is the ultimate mystery out there on the marketplace right now. And then uh, the Giants, who I think they're going to stick with, uh, with Jones. And they have no reason not. Eli part dues. Good for him. They both have derp face. And then there's the 49ers there at, at number 12. Um, some other teams that could move up to get a quarterback, maybe jump in there. Uh, New England is a possibility. Um, Washington is a possibility. Sorry, New England's at 15. Washington is at 19. Chicago is at 20. Indianapolis is at 21. Um, Pittsburgh is at 24. Who else? Uh, that should probably do it. New Orleans is at 29. So there are some other teams that could you know, get feisty with it. I don't know if New Orleans is truly part of that camp or not. Uh, and then, of course, there is every permutation known to man as to how, you know, like Minnesota or, you know, even the, you know, the Chargers. I think the Chargers might be the one team that we could say is not drafting right. a quarterback this year. But there's a lot of moving parts here, as you would expect. Fields is a player who, let me ask you this. Would Fields have gone above Burrow for you last year? If Fields, I'm going to be if, honest, if, I was really not locked into evaluating the quarterbacks last year just because <laughs> it was not on the 49ers' radar. Right. I like actually did not evaluate uh, okay. any of those guys except for like the later round guys. Like, uh, yeah. I think I like Burrow more than I like Fields. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, 
see them in the same club. I really liked Burrow. There's so much confidence up. with him where it just felt like he, you know, like there's no there's no hesitation. About a guy who got who understands feel. Like right. that guy did, has a great feel. Um but then again, we didn't see Justin Herbert coming. I don't think anyone evaluated Justin Herbert in the manner that uh is befitting of his it's current probably stat. his face. Probably his face. He looks like he's uh, five. It does have a face. So that's the Justin Fields breakdown or whatever the hell it was. We're going to do uh, Zach Wilson or Trey Lance next. How do you feel? Uh, up next on the schedule, I believe we've got Zach Wilson. Uh, I, I, that, think, I think that's I fitting. Um, I think that they're almost like a yin and a yang as well. Right. Wilson is all feel. Fields is all brain. And uh, they both obviously have, you know, plus ability. They're almost exactly the same size. Um, except, only one of them has face yeah wilson's got 20 less pounds on fields is that wow okay byu's been flubbing their uh flubbing their stats then um and when you watch it it makes a lot of sense but um i'm very excited to break down that film and, and see what it is we like listen we, we both watched a lot of zach wilson because he's a guy who played a full college season um and there was a lot of espn games we both saw the positives um being us, we're going to go find some of these negatives and we're going to see if if he's the right guy for the 49ers at 12, at 7, or you know, at, at number 3 overall. Um, we'll try to break that down best as we can. We'll get through these quarterbacks with Trey Lance going after that, and then we'll break down all the day 2 and day, th- uh, day 3 options at quarterback to the best of our ability, guys that we like, guys that the 49ers should avoid, and then we get to the rest of the positions. It's, it's going to be a really fun Next couple of weeks, Jake. March uh, to the you, combine. It's going to be great. We got after QBs, running backs, tight ends. You know, you know the positions that football players play. <laughs> we got the NFL combine. If that does happen, if it doesn't happen, we will just be running uh, forty-yard dashes uh, at our places. Boy, if there's I no combine, have- we should we should actually participate in all of the drills. You know that my uh, official stance on the combine is this: I only care about certain uh, uh, certain stats that come Broad out jump. of it. Broad jump, and uh, we're going to talk plenty about the broad jump, my friend. I I so very. How are much the 49ers going to draft defensive tackles if they don't know what their broad jump is? Well, pro days, pro days, all day, every day. Um, I'll say this very clearly: a lot, you're going to get a lot of draft analysis as well. Uh, you should out there if you're with us. What we're going to do is provide draft analysis that is tailored. It's tailored to what the 49er systems are as best we know. Now, obviously, the defensive coordinator situation, um, until that's resolved, we won't have a great idea, perhaps, of what it is. So we're going to go with what we know with Robert Sala and what that defense is currently, and certainly the personnel that's in place now and how the 49ers have drafted in the past with their executives in place. So that that's the kind of thing. You can go and read... You know, a scouting report on on uh, Justin Fields. You can go and read, you know, a scouting report on any tight end or any defensive end. But how do they fit inside a wide nine system? How do they fit inside a wide zone system? How do they fit for the 49ers? And do they tick the boxes that the 49ers have written down on their, you know, kind of checklists, their, their sheets, if you will? Um, and, and those are the questions we're going to ask. So it's tailored 49ers draft analysis that might limit us in our scope of who we can, you know, appeal to. But ultimately, the entire podcast title is 49ers game day now 49ers draft day podcast and uh, i listen man we've been really i can't wait really phoned it in for the entire goddamn regular season just to get to this point so i'm really looking forward to this yeah i mean that it's how are you supposed to get excited we tried at least we're we're not the right people for that 
it was uh, it was not fun to watch at any point. This, at least, you know, for guys who are not optimists, really, uh, this is like a time for optimism. It's lovely. Totally. Totally. And uh, man, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, you know, we spent so much time last year, you and I shooting back and forth our thoughts on prospects. Now we get to share them. And I, I listen, man, it, it, we wouldn't go through the time and the effort um, if we didn't feel like there was something that, you know, an audience could glean out of this. I mean, we're, we're, uh, we are not, <laughs> we're not extroverts in the traditional sense. We don't think that we're special in any way, but we do really enjoy breaking this down. And we know that not everybody has the time uh, or, you know, the situation to be able to go in deep and, and break this stuff down. So uh, hope you'll join us on this journey. We're really looking forward to doing it. And, uh, you know, we're really looking forward to this Zach Wilson tape that we're about to get into. So, Jake, uh, let, let's do that. Let's not hesitate anymore. Let's get into the, that Zach Wilson tape and break a bunch of people's hearts. Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> 